Yes, 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 ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> welcome back to episode 27 of Is Not That Deep, bro, and we're back. Jesus Christ, man. At it again. Coming in hot. With the white vans. Jesus, man. That was a hell of an introduction, Martin. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> Don't you worry, mate. Ain't coming for more. Indeed. <laughs> it's episode 27 of It's Not That Deep, bro. Um, yeah, I'm Oland. We got Martin. That's right. That's me. We're here at 24-7 Studios, and we're just uh, about to select the, f- the film of the week. Film of the week. By the way, we are trying a new system out. We are, um, this is week two of this new system. This now. is yeah. This is week two of this new system. Where what's it called again? Well, we use a script called Randy. The the Randy script. R to randomize the yeah, to randomize our movies. And yes, it randomizes the collection of movies that we've got and gives us a random selection. So neither of us are are biased, and we can go in with a completely blank mind frame. So, Martin. Right. Would you like to do the honors of sele- of pressing the button? <laughs> yeah, okay, bro. Come over here. Big countdown. All you have to do is just click. Okay. 5 4 3 <laughs> 2 Exciting. 1. The film that we are watching is Grave of the Fireflies. Studio Ghibli. 1988. 1988, boys and girls. Find yourself a copy of Grave of the Fireflies. Get yourself something nice to eat and possibly a beverage. That's right. An easy chair. Mm -hmm. Tuck yourself in. And hit the bongos. We're coming for you. your boys Martin and Oland on the other side of Grave of the Fireflies go on Oland I want to hear your opinion of this obviously I've seen this halfway through and I feel like um, I'm just I want to know what you think of it basically so well the film was about a young boy who has a young sister, and it's set in wartime Japan in the 1940s. And in the small village that he lives in, there's bombing raids going on. Uh, you know, what war is that? Before you, it's World War Two. World War Two. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Germans right. w- were sided with the Japanese. No, that was the Americans. The Germans were sided with the Japanese on the same team. Oh, right. Okay. And then right. Americans came in to um, help the Allied side, so England and and whatnot, and they dropped the nuke on Japan. Yeah. And there was Pearl Harbor and it's a whole thing. But um, this boy is basically at all odds trying to look after look after and cling on to his family. Um, Just as much as he can. The f- first, one of the first things, things that happens in the film is you, you find out his mother has been brutally injured in one of these uh, bombing raids. And he, his, his father is actually out fighting the war 
and he has to i mean it's it's real fast paced there's no there is emotional build up to some stuff that happens in this film but at the same time it's just slapping you around the face with some very real life of oh yeah straight up a straight up even so from the beginning his mum's brutally like injured straight away and his mother's brutally injured and then there's no beating around the bush she's dead the next day and she's being cremated and then he has to go and tell his sister but he doesn't want to. No, he doesn't want to. And, and he doesn't, actually. They're living in wherever they can. Uh, the first place they uh, find accommodation is one of the local... No, he's his auntie. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's, she's an actual relative, the auntie. Yeah. Um, I, I From forget. his dad's side. I forget that she was an auntie because of how... Uh, Rude she was. Well, re- resentful she ends up yeah. becoming of them staying there because her... Um, is that her husband or her son is fighting in the war? No, no, it's just a lodger. She says it. Oh, it's just a lodger. Yeah. God, that makes it even worse. Yeah. Of blood. Um, and a daughter. She's and like... the door. There's a daughter there too. But the stress. You can tell that the stress on the overall community due to the the war. The war. Yeah. Food is is being rationed. Uh, supplies aren't in as high demand as they once were, and everyone is slightly. <coughs> stressed and at each other's throats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And which is understandable, but at the same time it's like it's blood, the two kids. When you were that age, you would think, "Oh, that's how I was. Maybe I should guide them in the right path instead of just fucking putting them down all the time and just caring about yourself, especially when you're a, a relative." Yeah, and like, it, I don't know if it, it's almost a comment. Sometimes life's too real to deal with, yeah. and people can't handle it, and it's easier just to be a dick yeah, than yeah. to actually handle the, with the, what's going on. So, But the fact that this, is, this whole film plays out from the point of view of this young boy, he can't be more than 16. He can't, nah, He's yeah. He's got to be he like can't 12. Be. He's got to be four. Well, you see him with his do- uh, sister when she was a lot younger, or just younger. They take a family photo. Yeah. And he's slightly yeah. smaller. Yeah. So in that, I say he was seven, eight, nine there. And then in the film, he's 14, 15. Yeah. Something like that. Something like that. But nevertheless, you know, it, it's an interesting conversation. Dave Chappelle's got a, a good joke um, where he basically says, um, um, as. As society, we've got to work out how old 16 is because different people from different backgrounds at age 16 can comprehend a lot more than others depending on... So, to the point being that if you have experienced a lot of in uh, real slices of life, intense situations at age, by the time you've reached age 16, you can be relatively mature. Yeah. You know, mentally. Whereas if you are mollycoddled and raised in loving in a loving situation with little threats coming to you, then you can be a child still at sixteen. So age isn't always the best barometer for measuring whether someone is like a child or like responsibility. It's it's a real wide branching conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean he he gets through you have to, I mean, you have to think about like that point that uh, in the film, when he stays at his auntie, they treat him like shit, basically. And Resent grows because he's not actually contributing to the war effort like that's everyone right, else yeah. in the community is trying yeah. to. He's just trying to look after his family or it, it, even find out w- what's happening to his family because d- his father's not writing him back. Um, and he knows his mother's dead, and then he's got to look after his sister. So with all that going on, to have someone breathing down your neck about guilting you over not being part of the war effort, it's quite anxiety-inducing just comprehending what the boy's having to deal with. That's right, yeah. So there's a halfway through the film, there's a farmer telling them that, oh, they can't give him food. What you're going to have to do is... uh, Swallow your pride and go back to that house. At the same time that I wouldn't want them to be in that house, I feel like 
You just got to like swallow that pride and do everything you possibly can to be alive. Yeah, to like survive. That is your like your like your instinct. You know what I mean? But at the same time there's just such a build up to him being like having a, a life of freedom that it ultimately just like backfires. There was some interesting points when there was a moment when they were in so after leaving the um house the aunt's house they end up living in a sort of cave yeah the sh- a shelter yeah a shelter of sorts it's like an underground it's like a, a room two rooms that have been dug out of a hillside and there's a bit where they've trapped a load of fireflies inside to maintain light and he i guess he starts dreaming kind of about a naval parade that they, he went on with his father yeah, before she was born before she was uh, his sister was born and he sits up and kind of wakes up from that whole dream by getting a bit too excited about the whole dream or visual you know reminiscing in this memory that he's in and he's kind of firing a gun um and this leads me to believe that he would want to follow in his father's footsteps and some of this is like him feeling guilty about not being a real man and not following in his, in his father's foot. There's a war going on. He's got yeah, women yeah, telling yeah. him you should be fighting the war effort, and his dad mm. is fighting the war. And then instead you're here. Instead you're here doing this. So the whole swallowing the pride thing that it's a it it's underplayed really in the film. Like it's not something that. But the story is really that young man having to like grapple with being a child and like reacting emotionally to things that are happening but then at the same time having to be like oh I've got my sister to look after and that's forcing him to be an adult at the same time as him being a child yeah 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 so it's a real interesting I've really enjoyed it just for for that because it it was I I teared up like a couple of times watching that because yeah i told you i told you you weren't ready for we this were going in. i knew <laughs> i knew it for like a fact because it was that you weren't ready before we watched you weren't this ready film, for this when when it got randomly selected i was saying to martin oh this is going to be after the past few films we've watched you know goodfellas gods of egypt uh, it's all been quite intense stuff and I, I was quite excited to see Studio Ghibli come up because I've seen How's Moving Castle I've seen Spirited Away and there's yeah. dark moments in those films but they're ultimately oh. they make me feel they, whimsical yeah, and they like end a fairy tale. S- sort of on a happy note do you know what I mean? Yeah, whereas this, I couldn't believe how hard it went for a Ghibli for well, I, I've not oh seen my Studio goodness. Ghibli so I'm probably talking out of turn but you ju- there's a Pixar I, Pixar feel with their stuff compared to like your neon gent like Evangelion or something like that. They go like hard in Evangelion. Sometimes yeah, yeah, yeah. Like some of the the sexual stuff and whatnot. Whereas I'd never expect that from a Ghibli film. But this really touched on a lot of really r- real human emotions, you know, and um, didn't shy away. I mean, fuck. You know, with the new format, we we hope you've all watched the film, but he cremates his sister at the end of the film. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Which is... That's when when it it really comes down to how strong your will is. Because obviously, at the start of the film, you know for a fact he's already dead because he explains it, right? He says it. There's an interesting bit when... um, Sorry, it just got, when you said that, it just reminded me of one of the first shots when he there's a, there's an air raid happening and they firebomb the place, and he's looking around at all the bits of fire on the floor and stuff like that, and the buildings that are burning. And there's a bit where he looks at like a mop and a bucket and this big yeah. thing of water, and he's like contemplating putting the fire out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But he doesn't, and he runs. And that's one of the first shots. And then one of the last scenes of the whole thing is him lighting the fire to cremate his sister. Yeah. So that's like, 
kind of symbolic of him finally taking action, I suppose. Yeah. But that is unprecedented to have a scene like that. To have a... Oh, it's bleak talking about it, but like to have a ch- ch- child corpse in a film, in an animated film, I don't think I it, can think... I don't know if I've seen that. I Ash, mean, I've Ash. seen... I've seen... Oh, my God. I've seen so much carnage uh in some some animes and it's even worse there's there's fucking um oh is it van helsing well it's in the vampire killer uh no no it's to do with like uh dracula yeah yeah and um it they in some some of them scenes they're just like vampires eating babies actual babies yeah but you know vampires what I mean? aren't real so, no 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 so of course film, not no this film as it are do you mean it like in well, this I, film I, being so cuz i just true. said that ghibli gi- gi- gives off that pixar feel yeah 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 and, and it, I, this in, film still did like saying that it was dark it was dark at points, but it's still 100... Because of all the human moments in it and the emotion, It that is how it's similar to a Pixar film. There's these yeah. emotional moments that manage to cut to you. It's like, no, you've seen This Is The End. Yeah, yeah, Seth Rogen yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a bit where Emma Watson and... Um, I think it's Mindy Kaling are making fun of Jay Baruchel because he doesn't like Forrest Gump. There's a, there's a kind of a vibe out there that, like, emotion... It's not cool to, like, let emotion in and feel... But I love a Pixar film because they do... I think it's bullshit if somebody says that a film like Inside Out or something doesn't resonate with you in some way as a human because it's even if you didn't like like the plot of the film or whatever, there, there's just moments in those Pixar films that manage to capture slices of real life that everyone has experienced, whether they want yeah. to like, yeah, yeah, yeah. get nostalgic about it or not, sort of thing. And f- this very much had all of that, which is why the fact that it wasn't whimsical or fairy tale like or but it was grounded firmly in reality. Everything in this film could happen. Like in real May, life. everything in this film, I'm pretty sure it already happened. Like as in, in the war, 100%. this de- definitely already happened. So that's what I mean. It's an accurate portrayal of something that could have 100 percent happened in World War Two. Yeah, um, and that makes it extra emotional. That adds a whole lot of like weight to the whole thing because I love Spirited Away, and you know how I love getting fantastical and getting into fiction and yeah. stuff like that. But if you can if you can ground something in reality and really make it emotionally emotionally tangible, then in my eyes that's like a it did what it set out to do. So that's a thumbs up from I me. I mean, you know? I I in a way I really like this film. Mm. I was going to say, because you watch a lot, yeah, what did you think? Because you watch a lot of anime uh, as it is, and I know that Ghibli isn't your go-to... For, like, films and stuff. No, yeah. no. It's, so, like, a, a lot of the people say that you need to be watching a um, a Studio Ghibli film to be, like, an anime fan, but you don't really need to. They're like it's, the gateway in my, my eyes. Like, you think so? Well, they're, like, the most popular anime thing, out, other than, like, Pokemon. And like Yu-Gi-Oh! And yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily, to me, think that they're. Like, I mean, they're the most popular. Yeah, but I don't. Would, that one got. Uh, I don't generally like like them just because of how popular they are. One it's played, all like how they make me feel. Yeah, one played on the BBC. It was in between Christmas and New Year's. You know those days? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's loads of stuff on the TV. When I was younger, Howl's Moving Castle. Yeah, yeah, I've watched Howl's Moving Castle. And that... Again. I thought that was great, just because it was... 
it's dubbed and it's got I think it's Christian Bale playing the candle the flame dude in that film and um it's all done with American actors and the dub's crazy. So that that's why it's like the first thing that you hear of like in the anime world because it it has been handled by the Western entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just more available to people. Whereas like you don't learn about One Piece unless you like look into the history of anime and stuff like that. But to be honest, of what uh, this is uh, probably my second Studio Ghibli film that I've watched. So Howl's and this. And this, yeah. yeah. So the same as you. Um, I've seen Spirited Away. Yeah, and you've seen yeah. Spirited Away. Uh, but they've both I've they've both that. made me feel like this one made me feel really sad just because of like the whole story you already know from the beginning that the guy's dead mm. do you know what I mean oh I know he's just dad telling was dead you, for a long yeah, time yeah yeah and yeah. You, you already know that like wherever this film ends it's in death right so like I know that it's sad so like it's made me feel already sad and it's, it's kind of about carrying on in that like but but and him coming to terms with it as well uh as well as How's Moving Castle was more like, I wouldn't say cheery, but it was a lot more, it was a lot happier than this one. Was. Yeah, it's, you know what I mean? it's fantastical, How's Moving Castle. Mm-hmm. It makes you, there's all these... Cr- so maybe... The actual moving castles, it makes you feel like you're in a fairy tale. So something. maybe I should get into Studio Ghibli films because they make me feel like how what the film is portraying. Do you know what I mean? So like they do their job. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Basically. So yeah, I see some some animes where they're like it's just dumb. And oh, they just don't yeah. don't make me feel anything other than like, okay, that happened. Cool. Yeah, I mean, do you know I, what I mean? And every time that happens and then I'm like, no. I I I just won't watch it cuz it won't interest me. I caught quite a bit of bad anime growing up to be fair, like Digimon big on that when that came out i mean it's not bad well it's it's uh, i watched it enough to go all the way up and watch the film and like i was that into it because they're still going on now it is still going on now and then i used to watch beyblade the anime yeah series of that and i followed pokemon quite intensively for a bit i think probably up to like the fourth movie i fell off after the well you know gen three sapphire ruby emerald um but they gave me like my foundation in anime like a lot of the stuff you see in anime the tropes of it are in like an average pokemon episode yeah um but there's a lot of pokemon episodes that are just straight up like bad you know what i mean like like you were saying there's anime that's like any this people that aren't into anime you know, if you're watching this and anime, you just, as a whole, anime is just not your thing. The way that I like to look at it, and it's helpful to look at it, it's just Eastern television. Like, it's just Japanese or Chinese television. and Like, cartoons for children. and But I I think it's even wider than that out there, isn't it? Because a lot of adults watch it. So it's like, you've got, so many TV shows in the West, like your friends and your Big Bang theories, two and a half men, and mm-hmm. treat it like that. There's some like, but you got you got the the cartoons. I remember like Tom and Jerry, fucking yeah. But they're in the Dexter's West laboratory. So that they're like, there's definitely something in the West about a cartoon being for a kid. Obviously, yeah. we're coming out of that. M- yeah, way more and more these days. Because it's not just for kids, because obviously a lot of adults watch them as well. Yeah, well, it was a big, that was like, that's like straight out the 90s and the noughties, really, with the rise of shows like Family Guy, The Simpsons, South Park. Mm-hmm. They all, Tom and Jerry and Looney Tunes, the bar, some awful um, racial stereotyping that is a product of the time that those things came out were intended for children and like they're set up as such like you can tell they're completely made for children yeah whereas the late 80s and the 90s and the noughties saw all these shows that were animated but they were for like 
kids that grew up watching cartoons that wanted to keep on watching cartoons mm-hmm. as they got older, so the humor gets more adult. And but then I remember growing up, people telling me like, "Why are you watching cartoons?" You know, you get to a certain age, and they're like, "Why are you watching cartoons?" Yeah, yeah, they say, "Oh, you're a child. You need to be this, and mm-hmm. then you need to be this." But and you I need think to be this. I'm like, you need to be going to the pub and going drinking and doing all this shit, and you're like, well. You do what you want to enjoy. I get to age 60 and you're still not going to be able to convince me that the first three series of SpongeBob SquarePants aren't well written. <laughs> it doesn't matter Just whether they were it doesn't matter whether they were written or not. If you enjoy them, that's it. Mm. You enjoy them. Well, you, it, it, you can't let anybody else tell you be like, "Oh, you after after you turn 18, you have to hate everything you've loved before." I'm like, "No, that doesn't make any yeah. sense." Oh, well, I just don't care how it's presented to me if it's written well and it like it does what it's set out to do yeah then i don't care if it's drawn in chalk i don't care if it's a movie i don't care if it's a song you know what i mean yeah yeah the way that it comes to me doesn't affect my enjoyment of it unless somehow that's part of the experience but then that'd be you know part of it sort of thing if if you you know, I, I'm thinking about a crazy art experiment now where you make a song that's barely audible or something like that, and that's part of the uh, the way that you deliver the art to the audience. What do you mean? Just this whole conversation has got me thinking about how important it is that the art makes it to the audience in a smooth way. So, like... Just the fact that something's a cartoon can turn somebody off. They're like, "Oh, I just don't do animation." Yeah, uh, and it's that, like that's something I don't, I can't, like, I don't get. Like, but well, it's those people from inside. I mean, those people are more like ignorant to the fact that they don't see art the same. Like, as they're in, scared of feeling feeling like a kid. Yeah, I think. yeah, but they're also like. They just don't care whether what that artist is trying to say. Because if that artist mm. was trying to like say something meaningful, meaningful in fucking in an animation compared to like it, it, it happening in like with real people, it doesn't matter. However, as you long as deliver yeah, it, it's and the as long as the message is the same mm. and it's a message that is good for everyone then it doesn't matter but then there's some people that are out there like i said ignorant to like oh no it's animation i can't watch it fuck that that's a kid's thing to watch yeah so that that is so just from reading a, a lot about a lot of the artists that i enjoy be it film directors or musicians or whatever sometimes the way like what the final product's going to be appears late into developing the idea. So, like, you have an idea for something. You don't know if it's going to be a film or a television show or an animation or a song or mm-hmm. whatever it may be. And sometimes that doesn't... Ha- you don't know what it's going to be for quite a time, but you, you flesh out the idea and you know what I mean? It, it, it's this living thing for a while before you're like, oh, okay, this is going to be a film. Or yeah. this is going to be this. A draw could just be a drawing, or however you want to translate that idea. But I guess people that aren't like the audience don't spend a lot of time thinking about that because they they just get the product, and they don't may not want to revert, go back and pick apart how and why an artist ended up making an animation like that. But there's always like a like South Park. If you really look into South Park, it's actually really interesting why it looks like it looks. It's because they couldn't like afford at the time to do proper animation, hand drawn stuff like Disney. So they literally yeah. just went and bought a load of coloured paper. Fucking did it themselves. And although South Park is now all animated on computers, it's based upon those original coloured paper assets that Trey and Matt used all those years ago. So it sometimes it's just circumstance as to why something looks a certain way. The the message inside, that yeah, it doesn't mean the message inside should be overlooked. And 
if a film is as good as Grave of the Fireflies, it would be a real shame if like a message like that got overlooked. You know, just if, just because if someone didn't watch this film, yeah, yeah just because I think. It's and don't quote me on this. Mm. I think there's a um, um, live action version of this. Oh, really? That's interesting. Let's I think so, uh, but don't don't quote me on this. To be fair, it's a really like compelling story. I yeah. could, I could completely imagine there being a um, some sort of remake or something like that because it's it's a very human story. But let's look it up. Let's see what's going on. Um, yeah, you, you're correct, Martin. I thought so. I thought I saw something. So there was a planned follow-up that was going to be straight up done by the same people that made this one, animated. Um, but due to the 1989 Tiananmen Square protests, it actually got cancelled. Public opinion in Japan had turned against China, and Ghibli's distributor felt a film partly set there was too risky. So they didn't do it. Yeah, so they well they didn't do the planned sequel. And then in 2005 there was a television live action um remake made to commemorate com- commemorate the 60th anniversary of the end of World War 2. I thought I thought so. I pretty pretty sure. Wait, 2005? Yeah. That's when they made it. Yeah. Yeah. There may have been a more version to this film made. Um, I'm just looking at this one now. Yeah, and then in 2008, there was a different live-action version made as well. So a couple of versions. This is, yeah, we've not really mentioned it. came out in 1988, which is hella early for, like, you know, this style, this level of animation being around in... uh, well, you've got like Disney films and stuff like that, but I feel like Studio Ghibli were really pushing forward in bringing Japanese animation to the Western world, mm-hmm. and this is an, this is their second film, so it's an early early foray into that. And I thought it looked great, man. Yeah, I mean, I want I want to be well. We should watch the live version to see how it how they would play everything out because obviously in some of the scenes would be tricky to do it as a yeah, well, live... I did just have a look on the Wikipedia of the live one of the live-action ones, the first one, the 2005 one, and the apparently it strays from the original a bit. Right, okay, didn't, yeah. Didn't kind of uh, say how, but it would be interesting to see because a lot of those scenes, there, there was a lot of... I was thinking about the age of this film watching it because it's, it's significant how many years? 12 plus 21, 32, 33 years ago this film came out. 33 years ago, yeah. Which is quite a long time. A lot has happened since 1988. Um, yeah, quite a lot, yeah. But I, I wanted to ask you... Um, go on. What made you pick this film? Obviously, if you're a listener... Mm. We picked these films from a whole library that Oland has prepared for both of us. Yeah, two thousand. It's 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 over two thousand films right. wide at this point. So um, every film that you have has a has a meaning behind. Well, it. there's a reason that there was a reason why all the films on the list piqued my interest, and my my criteria for putting films on that list is rather broad. I like to keep it broad. The original intention of the list was to create, uh, to grab every film that I ever thought would be interesting, that would further my knowledge and interest of the entertainment industry, I suppose. So what, every film that you, that is... So for example... Jim Carrey was in a film called Rubber Face quite a few years before he was famous that was only shown on television once. That film would would make the list because it's an early example of Jim Carrey, who in my opinion is a... Uh, so did you pick this film because... Uh, a method madman. Um, that's interesting to me. But then, you know, there's not many films set in Egypt, so... A film, 
set in Egypt might make it onto the list for that reason. There's many different reasons why a film might make it onto the list. Right. What, this was Studio Ghibli's second film, so mm. was that maybe a reason why it, you picked it? So there's, there's a few reasons that I can think of as to why this film would have initially made the list. One of them being this film is high, like pretty highly held just in general. Like across, yeah, uh, yeah. I, w- I was, um, I was actually told to watch this film mm. by a friend of mine, and Claudia. Oh Claudia. yeah, I know Claudia. Yeah, um, and when I obviously I watched half of it, but then didn't finish the end of it. But now that I've actually finished watching the film, oh, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, so breaks my heart. It's generally held and critical, you know, in critical acclaim. Mm-hmm. So that is a good reason why it's on the list. It is Studio Ghibli's second film, and I think possibly every Studio Ghibli film is on the list. Possibly. So um, we're going to be having a fun time reviewing so, all of them. Yeah, some t- at some point you'll you'll see all the Ghibli films come up here, and then third of all. I think I did read a brief synopsis and any film that can show the vast emotional palette that war brings about will probably make the list because it just is a... What did it say? What did the synopsis say? See, I can't... I couldn't tell. The list was began... I started making the list like three, four years ago. Right. But I, I imagine the synopsis would say like a young boy... And his sister battle th- battle through. through World War Two in Japan or something like that. Right. But okay. Looking at the high rating, the setting, Studio Ghibli, and their capacity for a, making an emotional film, all put in together. All pulling together, I was like, "Well, this has just got to go on." Yeah, I mean, go on the list, man. It's and a I'm good idea. It, I'm glad it did. Me too. Because it um, it it was a. From the beginning, I just knew it was like <laughs> gonna like hit home. It's gonna hit hard, just because I know that it wasn't a, like a roller coaster of emotion. It was sad all the time. Do you know what I mean? Although they were like, you could see them playing around and like um, trying to be happy about it. You know that the ending of this is gonna be. Hard, like and in, hard hitting, in the hard, and it was in the hardest times. Humor's often reverted to, you know, as the last bastion of actually comprehending what's happening. It's easier just to tell a joke or to be silly, yeah, than to act. And that's something that I've learned fairly recently that humor is the last defense of the scared man you to you could see it near the end of the film he just starts laughing doesn't it yeah because it just before he like his sister dies and he's coming in with like all this stuff or whatever. He does that manic laugh. Actually, it's yeah. a bit crazy, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. There's a few f- kind of scenes, surreal scenes in this as well, where you're kind of like, "Why did that just happen?" You know, just little scenes that are out of out of whack like that. And I think it. I love how underplayed the mental health, his mental health is, because it. It, you do see him and his sister start to break down, but at no point is it drastic. It's never like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Like, they're yeah. dying. Yeah. But it is in your head. You know as the audience it is. Yeah. But to those two, because he's the only one in charge and he's the child and you're seeing it from his perspective, Any, if an adult had come into that situation, although they go to the doctors and stuff like that, so it is kind of a sign of the times that they're living in the 1940s and it being tough, you know, they... Mm-hmm goes to the doctor, he's like, how am I supposed to get food for her? And he just gets pushed out of the office. So it is kind of a sign of that where society was at back then, a lot tougher. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but ultimately all you've got is humor when life's that bad you actually can't comprehend how bad it is so you you force yourself to laugh yeah which is i'm starting to think it's just a survival mechanism in humans laughter maybe it's like an actual insanity a madness animals don't laugh he like like i was saying like you have to you have to have the strongest will to survive that whole situation he had enough food to last him enough time to get a job or to to try to do something else mm. to make him uh, like survive but he decided that all is lost now and he just goes to a train station and just sits there and dies and you could oh eat my god martin what I forgot about the beginning of the yeah, film. Yeah, that is the beginning of the fucking film. How do you forget that? He died. He d he says it at the start of the film. Oh, God. What do you think I've been saying the whole time? I, what do you? I was comprehending, like, oh all my the other fuck. deaths. <laughs> and then he dies. <laughs> Oh, thing. God. That's the moment. The moment his sister died is when he died inside. He's done. That was it. He could have survived that, but instead he decided, I'm done. You know, this has really thrown me for six because now I don't know, like, what the film was trying to say. Like, how is there a good resolution out of this film? There, there isn't. How, where's the, where's the, it's, it's just like, a sad film. I told like, you, you ain't ready. <laughs> I said this to you and you now realizing what is fucking yeah, going that on. That was, that was mad. <laughs> what <laughs> do you, All oh those pieces my goodness. falling into place. Jesus Christ. Man. Now you know, now you know. The guy, he, he gave up basically and it's not like it, I, I don't fault him at all because at that exactly at that moment your will needs to be fucking iron solid to be set to say i'm gonna survive this so ultimately it's a comment on war yeah and society and what happens in war yeah not war's even, not good it's not about you know like apocalypse now full metal jacket like it's not about the war it's about like the effects of war yeah on people and humans and society and it's kind of about death but life from the beginning you know what do you think them all the moments of him and her walking around loads of fireflies around them that's just him seeing his life flash before his eyes before he dies God, it's brutal. It, it, uh, <laughs> I know. I understand. It's, why. it's, oh, it hits deep, deep, bro. I feel like Ghibli got like really um, changed tones over the years. Yeah, that's yeah. That's like going hard. Like that, that's like a. But again, to, rim that has made it's a it's a five star film. Mark. It's a good film. It's I know it's a good film. That's what that's why I was saying. Like, how are they gonna do the live action version mm. of this? Like, how would they replicate loads of this stuff? As well, I mean, it was two thousand and five. They uh, could it CGI. That, me like a, a, that was like a traditional movie twist. Like he was dead <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> like, it, all, yeah. it all pinged in my head. I was like, oh no. <laughs> Like, uh, it's just telling you the story of how he died. How the hell do you wake up, Dad? <laughs> how do you wake up, Dad? But but that this is what this is why, like, when he he um cremated his sister and then he took he said, oh, I'll put some some of her ashes in this tub. In the sweet. In the sweet tub. In the fruit drop tub. Yeah. And then at the start of the film, you see the guy throwing it outside. Oh, where do, who? A train station attendee? Yeah, the, I don't know, a policeman or like, no, somebody who's... He says, this one's gone. Yeah. You can tell 
you can see it in their eyes. Yeah, yeah. when they're gone. But um, it w- I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe a janitor, something. I don't know, something like that. But he like, um, he put like, he spills it out, and he's mm. like, "What the fuck is this?" Oh, the and then they, Yeah, and then the guy's like, "Oh, don't worry about that. Just throw it all out." But then you see, you know what that is once he By says that. Yeah. At the beginning, when they first moved into the aunt's house, he had that little wooden box. That was his mum's ashes. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then they just get moved to where the grave is. Where he tells her there's a grave. Yeah. And then he, in, you see that he takes the, the ashes somewhere. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he obviously when he tells her that oh she's by this tree is because he buried it there. Yeah, that's a real emotionally heavy film. <laughs> <laughs> he was dead the whole time. I that <laughs> I love it when that happens. That's like if if I could experience if every film could make me do that, then it would be incredible, you know. Because I mean, there is a film that we've been told to watch already and it has sort of the same feel but i'm not sure because i haven't seen it either um brogan which which film was that your name oh yeah i've been told to anime film that's it's on the list man yeah i've been told by um a good friend of mine Mm. aaron that to watch that and i at first i'll chippy chapman yeah (laughs) mr chippy um, yeah, he told me to watch it, and I've been trying to watch it, but then it released on Netflix. Mm. It's on Netflix. Um, but I haven't watched it because we're going to watch it Well, if the old here. Randomo 4000 ends up choosing <laughs> it, then we'll... Uh, yeah, we'll watch it. It'll fall like that. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited for it. They say it's a, it's it's a twist. We haven't seen it, so... We'll be ready for it. I just hope that the next film is like, I need, I'm begging for something <laughs> light-hearted. <laughs> I need a break. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. Hey, look. If, if luck is on our side, that'll be the next film. We'll see. But until then... It's been, it's not that deep. It's bro. episode 27. We're wrapping this up. That's right. We've we've gone through a lot of emotion today, mainly sad emotion, uh, confused. I feel like instead um, of saying Studio Ghibli, I should probably just shout out that this film was directed by Is Isao Takahata. <laughs> Isao Takahata. If he butchered that name, I'm, I, I apologize. Apo- he apologizes. And I apologize for his behavior. Apologizes <laughs> for me. But I feel like it's. I'd rather attempt to mention it than not mention it at all and just keep saying Studio Ghibli because you know. I wish I. Oh, I wish I could name every person <laughs> in the credits, Martin. <laughs> I mean, that would take you quite a long. That'd time. That'd be a whole other podcast. Yeah, so that'd be an, an another thing. But yeah, thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate it dearly. Yep, yep. You know it's your boy. Hopefully, they'll, uh, you know, you'll have a little less time to sit around and listen to me and Martin talk, uh, talk absolute waffle. <laughs> but until that point, you can find us every Wednesday at all of the appropriate outlets, social outlets. Hey, you better keep your social distance. And head over to our <laughs> social media. <laughs> On Instagram at MIPLTD. You could also go to our website, MIPLTD.org, and check out all our videos and everything we're doing. On the YouTube, and then the Mystery School at Reddit. If you're into talking about everything weird that's going on in this world closing thoughts martin i'm sad bro <laughs> this film's made me uh hit a spot what about you i think i'm gonna leave the people with a positive note please please 
find it inside of you to love yourself. Good message. Peace. Peace.